This is a poem from the Tenth Wonder of the World. It's called uh, The World is Shouting. The world is shouting for leadership, for a dynamic captain of the trip. The masses crowd around, rallying against those dictating the crown. They're looking for someone who can show them how to run and have fun and take or leave it to a gun or the grueling sun towards a worthwhile earth to fitted, be fitted with comfortable worth so few are willing to step out front to use their shield to absorb the brunt. Most want to stay back in the pack with full bellies and an unthreatened sack. What the world needs most is leadership, someone to take the reins and the helm of the ship, guiding them through those rocks the canals and the locks into the quiet sea where all can feel the joy of being free. What the world needs most is a courageous quest. It needs those who are willing to risk themselves for the sake of being blessed with the responsibility to lead in the midst and the teeth of the storm, but still keep their attitude and poise somewhat warm. This is truly separating men from the boys without the sin of the military toys and the, sinister, and the sinister weakness of what it deploys. For if you're going to accept and step with the baton, you must be willing to take on the bomb. When your defenses are going unwilling, and if God's willing you to avoid the killing and stand in the pyramid of life, having led the troops through the battle and strife, hail to the leader society's entrepreneur and feeder. Hail to the chief. Hail to the one who could absorb the grief of being alone, yet being the granite and the stone upon which the institutions of life are shorn. While heroes are made, the leader is born. Is Donald Trump this leader? Does he have the courage to be honest, sincere without fear, while upholding America's quest, land of the free and the best? If your answer is yes, you must vote. If your answer is no, you are the heir of Billy's goat. Trump, stump, lump, clump, hump, grump, all rhyme with Trump's persona. What is the true man? To find out, we may have to put him in command. More than likely, as a, th a third-party snatcher, we need our own Margaret Thatcher. Good morning, America. I guess it's afternoon. Sorry. Losing track of time every time I uh, give thought to today's podcast. And it's the episode regarding a one world government. Is that possible? Is it feasible? Is it going to happen? Well, in my opinion, it's in the process of happening. Now, am I a soothsayer? Am I totally crazy or concert, inform, conspiring to, to create fear and, and make uh, suggestions on the basis of the, the fear factor? Like Crichton said, it's used all the time by government to get their agenda in motion.
Is that what I'm doing here? Is creating fear to get my agenda, agenda in motion? What is my agenda? I think it's uh, America. My America, their America, our America. Ask not what you can do for your party. Ask what you can do for your country. So that's what this podcast is all about. It's not about you, me, or any individual. It's regarding all of us. Are we are we the greater good or are we the individual good? Is it of the people, by the people, for the people, or by the money, for the money, of the money, or of the party, by the party, for the party? Yeah, I think that's it right now. Uh, two parties are gridlocked. As a result, they divide the nation into the left, the right, the red, the blue, the conservatives, and the progr- uh, and the liberals. And I say that they, we need to represent also the deservatives. What is this term deservatives? Is this just something you've thunked up, or is it is it really a group? Is it a voting block? Is it the independents or is it the dependents? Those who get their government check, there's half of us, I guess, in every every month uh, getting their Social Security or their Medicare or, or their disability check or their, uh, their share of the welfare. And as the borders continue to be left open and called a crisis rather than total insanity, and just letting it happen faster and faster. And finally, Texas government, Texas governor, uh, and his assistant governor decided they finally get the National Guard and, and uh, razor wire and uh, ob- obstacles to close the border. Does he have the authority to do that? Well, as a governor, he has the authority to bring the National Guard into action if it's an invasion of privacy and rights of the, of the citizens of Texas or any other state. Uh, is the Supreme Court now going to be called upon to make another decision that really shouldn't even be at, at the Supreme Court? It shouldn't even be about open borders. It should be about the freedom to um, stop something that isn't right. Okay, do we have to wait until November 7th or whatever it is to, to vote on this? No. No, it should be obvious that we should not let uh, out other dialects or nationalities or religious leanings in without vetting. Absolutely not. Ellis Island, have them go through there. Have them go through there like most people that are seeking to get a, a legal citizenship, not those that are racing away from a culture and want to come into this one not knowing that it could be worse. If they don't have, if they don't learn to earn and have a skill to build and, and work, they're going to be in the ghettos or on the streets or in a football field tent or whatever's being put up forth by the, the 
the progressives or Democrats or whoever believes that we need to have 700 million more people because we have the wealth in the area to do it. I saw that figure somewhere. It's crazy. It's the worst thing that's happened since World War II. The next worst thing is uh, gridlock and not getting anything except spending bills and, and more debt and more spending. And each state governor, I don't care if they're left, right, or indifferent, or blue, red, and green, they should be responsible for their state, not looking for a population growth or decline and so they don't help or hurt their federal revenue sharing. Well, I look at revenue sharing as uh, the parliament in the American monarchy um, going from 13 colonies to now we have 50 colonies where the federal revenue sharing is supposed to enable the states to balance their budget. What is their budget? Well, it's cash in, cash out. Well, uh, what about those obligations that aren't due yet, but will be due next month, next year, next next decade, next century? Well, at every state, they have a budgetary accounting, if you want to call it an accounting system, that California found out and other states like Illinois that I, I tried to convert to generally accepted accounting principles, and Governor Walker, who ended up in prison, thumbed it down. And now Washington, the state of Washington and Oregon, say they're going to convert to GAP, generally accepted accounting principles. Huh. That gets to be complicated because then the spending and the budget have to be on the basis of accrual accounting. We have to book the receivables of taxes and other whatever, but not add in borrowing, which is which is being done all over the country. The, all of the institutions add borrowing in as cash receipts to balance their budgets. So that's why we have 35, 4, 34, it goes up every second, trillion dollars of current debt, which is supposed to be, we should be able to pay that off in the next 12 months, which we never do because we just add it to the longer term debt, which is now around 200 trillion. You add the two together, 234 trillion, and compare it to our the value of all of our assets, our collateral, including gold and lithium and all the precious metals and our farmland and our buildings and our technological advancements and our businesses. Uh, debt clock. That's where I get all this information. Oh, you can't believe the debt clock. Well, what can you believe? You believe the politicians that are told. Uh, Never educate the, the electric because they'll turn on you or that um, it's issues, not problems. And it's a crisis, not a disaster, such as the open borders. So, no, I'm not I'm not just going to wail on. I'm going to try to get to something constructive. Um, what's this all about? Is it about a one world government? In my book, Americana, that's what it becomes. That's a novel I wrote. By 2084, we will have one, one world government. And it will be very similar to the one in Hunger Games because we'll be 
cordoned off into 12 districts. And uh, yes, we'll have competition between all of the districts to get their share of the American pie. Well, you better be able to fight the fight because we'll have some kind of gladiator games or something that will compete the one district against the other one to get the district that is the best, or it would be called the Hunger Games Super Bowl. Yeah, am I being facetious? A little bit, yes. But actually, a one world government in Beijing, D.C., not in Washington, D.C., not in London or Moscow or Beijing. And why would it be Beijing versus Russia versus OPEC or or Mideast, or what, what would make make it evolve into that as predicted by the hedge funders who now are hedging short on America and, and, and hedging long on China and uh, its alliances? Well, who are China's alliances? Well, we, we call it the Asian countries, the Southeast Asian Sea. And that includes um, India, Africa, um, uh, Korea, North and South, Japan, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong. Yeah, it's a pretty big set of alliances also. South America, Latin America, Central America, Canada, Mexico. Germany, France, England. Well, wait a minute. No, those are our friends. No. Well, they are countries that export more to us than we import to them. They are what you call the global trade supply line, which at this point in time, America is down $800 billion to a trillion dollars a year. And as a result, um, OPEC, who carries a, quite a bit of weight, I might add, since they provide 90% of our oil, um, along with Russia and Iran, that clout, want to de-dollarize trade. What in the hell is de-dollarize trade? Well, when the, when the exchange rates are done, when we, when we buy something from China, it's converted to dollars. When we sell something to China, it's converted to dollars. When we pay the shipping, we it's converted to dollars. When we deal in England or India or Italy or or anywhere, the worldwide reference currency is the dollar bill. And the dollar bill at this point is is not backed by gold, as it was up until 1972 or three when Nixon took us off the gold standard. It's a floating dollar bill and it floats on the international exchange and it represents the only domination factor that we have in terms of uh, guiding the supply chain to our cons consumer base we are the biggest consumer space in, in in the galaxy and china is the biggest supplier and they are what you would call a monopsony. 
well, what is that monopsony? I never heard that term. My Romanian neighbor said he'd never heard of it. <clears throat> it's the economic term when you're both buyer and seller of the product. So you set the price and determine the cost and the markup. And it's actually really what, what I would call a totalitarian government, such as China and their CCP Inc. Communist China Communist Party. And then not only does China the buyer and seller of, of end resort re, resort last resort because around the the hundred uh, ports in the world and twenty in America, China has their own shipping monopoly. They have built their own cargo ships, those huge things that will carry up to 25,000 eight-foot containers and 18,000 20-foot containers. They can bring a car or a caterpillar or whatever else across both oceans and through the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal, Canal which America's American money, not tax, taxpayer money, but borrowed money. None of this is taxpayer money. Taxpayer money is gone. And, and by March, in, in a sense of an annual budget, and the rest of the year is borrowed money, folks. It's Biden said it's not going to call a taxpayer one penny when he when he spends seven trillion and it only brings in four trillion, or when they put out stimulus for the infrastructure and then Porky Pig here in Illinois he goes around and fix every bridge whether they need it or not on the on the interstate or whatever he got bridge work. Well, come on. He's a Democrat. He's just using the money that the other Democrats allowing him to use. And it's not money, it's not taxpayer money. It's borrowed money. money. Uh, when there's any reference to overspending or we're, we're funding the Department of Defense at 900 billion, and why, why not round it off to another trillion? Building mainly building weapons of mass destruction, you know, like the B-21s that I told you about, and the Auric uh, autonomous submarine is planting hammerhead mines in the Pacific and and uh, Atlantic Oceans. Wow, gosh, that's a hell of an offensive mood move. No, they call it defense. Offense would be if we were winning the trade war. Offense if we were able to make money, raise capital. Make 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 a profit, raise capital, increase ca uh, cash flow, and pay down the two hundred trillion of long term obligations that are, that's not on the books. We don't have a set of books, really. We've got whatever the budget is for each state and federal entities, and that includes a whole twenty five or thirty. I don't know how many different agencies. When you take the eight the prime agencies of transportation and agriculture, health and Welfare and uh, education, and um, what's what are the others? I, I probably should be able to list them all. But then you you have redundancy at each state level. They got similar agencies, and at the city level, we all have public health at every level. And wow, I did a great job during pandemic that was probably started by Fauci. And, and his Department of Virology that mapped it out in 1984, 
computerize it in 2005 and sent it to Wuhan lab sometime after 2020 or whenever. Um, no, it was prior to that with the Democrats. He's a, de he's a Democrat and Republican in name only when the Republicans are in. So yeah, we have some problems. So what, what would be China's end game if they want to take over? They have taken over trade. We've lost that. We're not going to suddenly, with 25% corporate tax rate reduction, suck everybody back over here. And in China, it's not child labor. It is 748 Chinese are their employees, and they have one boss, Xi Jinping, in the Politburo. And they built 20, 20, 20 or 22 cities that are bigger than New York City. That isn't child labor. That's hardworking Chinese that don't have a union. They don't have a say, but they do have Social Security. And the government says that they want to put in generally accepted accounting principles so they can control the cost of not only Social Security, but any other care that they offer under their, their socialized medicine and, and pension plans. So they're, they're starting to take care of their, their, their employees. Not that they have a say, but they certainly are working hard. And they're, they're on the office through the uh, Wolf Warrior Belt of the Road and Sea initiatives that China has developed with other, with other countries, mainly in Africa. Uh, uh, what is the other one? Brazil. Uh, what are some of the others? Uh, cartels in Central America. Uh, all those that are supplying America have some kind of a of an alliance with China because the supplies that are are sent to their countries are, are also coming from the monopsony that's and monopoly that's run the by the Chinese government for the oceans and the rivers and the tributaries to get the products to the hundred ports. And it's a two-way deal is they, they charge for going there and then they charge for taking stuff back to their primary ports. I think there's six or seven ports. Shanghai is the biggest. And it's sitting there with 14,000 acres of empty color-coded containers. They, they, they've created their own inventory, manufacturing, made, made, made the 5,400 cargo ships. And they're all very busy servicing uh, the global supply line, <coughs> charging, uh, charging, uh, charging freight or uh, shipping using their algorithms based upon where in the world and how how heavy it is that they're sending and how many containers. Well, well, all of a sudden during the pandemic, the the containers for medical equipment and, and patient care equipment went from 3,000 a container to 30,000 a container. How'd that happen? Well, because they will control the, the buying and the selling in the world. Well, then that puts them in, in charge of the world. Well, America is still the biggest consumer and they have to service their biggest consumer, but we're not exercising our consumer alternatives. Yeah, we could build our own cargo ships. Yeah, we could build our own containers. Yeah, but we could this and that. 
ain't going to happen. We don't have two cents to spend to rub together to compete with China in terms of reversing that unless we tell them they have to pay shipping and they have to pay the, the distribution costs when they get here because you've got to unload it. Well, they could do what they do in Shanghai. They have a robo robotics that load and unload them there. We have, we, we're unloading them with manual labor and putting them on our semi-trailers and trains, trains and automobiles and until they get to the wholesaler, then we, with labor, have to unload them and then to the retailer and load them back up again. And, and China doesn't pay any pay for any uh, shelf space like Coca-Cola has to or marking. So they're not paying the full um, cycle of cost of business. Therefore, they're making all the money and we're losing all the money. And Amazon doesn't work for us. They work for China. China has employed them as, as, as Walmart and all the big boxes. Because if they're buying anything, they're buying it from the uh, Chinese consortium. Nah, that can't be. That's just not possible. Well, check it out. You don't have to believe a word I say. But I do do a little studying here. When I found out they made their own cargo ships and, and determined their own shipping, destinations and what the cost is going to be to the uh, to the consumer and they make the containers and they get the supplies from their affiliated countries who are exporting a trillion more to us and we import to them so what are we exporting are we exporting anything yeah we do yeah there's a whole list of things that china is mainly food and around the world it's mainly food and technology that they want to utilize, and, and then they will reverse engineer it and make it better and sell it back to us at cheaper prices. This is a hell of a business. Uh, it's way more complex than Monopoly. I invented a, a Monopsony game, and it's, you start playing that one, and that's where the government owns everything. It's like the Marx theory, you know, let the government... Uh, own everything, you stay home and just drink vodka and let the government take care of it. You know, like East Germany, when it was divvied up, divvied up after World War II, we talked to a lady that lived in East Germany, there was nothing on their shelves. And in West Germany, it was being driven by somewhat free market enterprise had, had the shelves full. So when Kissinger met with Gorbachev, uh, Gorbachev decided that he wanted to get to capitalism, and so they laid down a detente of, of peaceful coexistence. And uh, it was Kissinger that said, uh, enabled Reagan to say, tear down that wall. And it got torn down. But unfortunately, Kissinger, our best offense we've ever had, we certainly don't get it out of our State Department with Winkin Blinken and Boston Austin running our country it's on the basis of fly by your seat of your pants and get involved in these proxy wars spending not taxpayers money it's all borrowed money folks i'm sorry go look at the debt clock and you'll start if you know how to read and you know how to interpret some of those numbers and they're moving so fast <clears throat> that it's hard to follow but believe me, I'm a CPA. I'm here to try to interpret this for you. And what, what's my purpose in, in lying? Do you think I want to be president? President? Hell no. 
no, but I want American Enterprise Party to be the third party, which I am the founder and CEO. And we have to get this thing before it bellies up. Because what is going to happen here, our Chinese consortium, their end game is not to destroy us. They want to employ us. They want to put America in what's called bankruptcy. Chapter 15 of the International Bankruptcy Code. If they, and and don't you think they're probably uh, looking at the debt clock like I am? Don't you think Putin has it on his computer and ZZ Ping and and, uh, the Kalamini, Kalamini, whatever his name is in Iran? You think they aren't looking at that thing and saying, wait a minute, we've got outstanding treasury notes, bills and bonds here. I don't think we'll ever get them paid off. America's underwater by 30 trillion. I'm concerned that we're gonna get our money because in the bond market, they're discounted. So they don't get the the return until until the bond is cashed or terminated or paid for. And I have no idea because there isn't any set of books. There is another set of books called www.openthebooks.com that might tell me whether we're paying our interest and uh, when they come to term, either a 10-year, 20-year, or 30-year, if we're actually paying them and they're getting their return. Because the inverted yield on treasuries is now, the longer the term, the lower the interest. That's the inverted yield curve. So the long-term ones no one wants because of the debt clock. Uh, and, the, and that's 1.4% return. And in the short terms, they're 4.2% because those are the ones that, that the investors feel have less risk. You know, they say America is at AAA risk. No, I don't think so. And it was always said that if there's an inverted yield curve on our treasuries, then there's a recession or depression coming or it's already here. Well, take a look, inflation's here because of government spending, not because of the Fed who's raising the interest rates. It only makes it worse because it increases the cost of capital and capital's not available when you're losing money. So what is chapter 15? Well, there is an international bankruptcy code, similar if not the same as the uh, USA Inc. America's bankruptcy code. They're in different uh, code numbers. Uh, The uh, full bankruptcy is 7 and 13, where the creditors, through a creditor committee and freezing all the debt and freezing all the receipts and everything else, which would be, no, it wouldn't be shutting the government down. It would be freezing it at that point, setting up a creditors committee who determined determines how America shall amortize or pay down its current debt on time and the long-term debt over time. And this happens every year, every month in America, 60,000 small business go in business and 60,000 go bankrupt. Well, why is that? Because if it doesn't work, you can fa- you can fail and start over. The way you start over is you scale down the cost of that idea you had to the break-even point. So certain vendors or creditors don't get all their money. They get a haircut, is what it's called. 
Well, the same thing in, in the International Bankruptcy Court, if and when that happens, and that's likely if China or one or the other of Russia claim that, that either they're not getting their interest on time or uh, they're, they're concerned about America being insolvent. Insolvency really means that we have current liabilities that exceed our ability to pay on time. And on long-term treasuries, we're not paying the interest. Uh, so it's compounding going into the principal. That's why the debt is growing so quickly. And on the bonds that are discounted, they're worried about they won't get their money. So they they file for um, dissolution. They want to start picking off their collateral. What is the collateral for American treasuries? Well, I guess it would be our gold, our silver, our copper, our lithium, our natural gas, our, our, our... sorry, I did run out of time. I think that's a 30 minute recording. And so I have turned this on again. And we were talking about uh, how to stop the claim. The American Enterprise Party is the third party that I founded and I do represent and propose that we have a three-party system in the Constitution. The, the founders said they don't, didn't want a two-party system because if it becomes one party, we're, we're nothing better than a monarchy or a dictatorship. Well, folks, with a gridlock Congress, we've become a monarchy because now we're run by 503 people with one president who's king or maybe a queen if Biden can't make it. Um, that's 100 senators gridlocked. Uh, the House, there's only a three-seat three margin for, for the Republicans, but there's 13 rhinos, Republicans in, dem, in name only. And on the Democratic side, we have Democrats in name only that would prefer to be in the independent or the middle of the aisle category, those moderates, as, as Biden says he was going to be, and lying as they do, they're told by Sam Rayburn, just go along to get along, whatever keeps con in control. But then at this point, it's out of control. And I'm proposing in my trilogy, the volume one, why we have to do it, we just talked about it. Second, and how you do it, well, I'm just we've just been talking about it. And the third is who's going to do it? Well, they're the deservatives. Those are the people that go to work every day in this great American enterprise. We don't need to make it great. It's already great. We don't have to build back bigger and better government because that's sinking the ship further by opening the borders and doing all the things that, the, that our current bureaucrats are doing. There's no turnover there, and they always vote for the incumbents. And the incumbents are always going to be attorneys, bankers, public health officials, you name it. That's where the wealth is, is at the top, which is the definition of a what? Is it a Politburo, or is it communist, or is it Marxist? Or, or, no, it's a monarchy. We got away from England to get back, to get our freedom so the, the pilgrims could invent enterprise by trading beans for oats and oats for corn and corn for clothes and clothes for covered wagons and covered wagons for the rest of it. 
that was invented in America. And, and we're the only country that really has free market enterprise in a distorted certain way, because now the wealth is all accumulated at the top, as are the, the, the issues and the, they call them issues, problems or crisis because of bad leadership. Well, has it all been bad? Hell no. No, Delano Roosevelt was the greatest of all presidents. He, he managed the war. He and Churchill and Stalin to an extent, except he was officially going to be the other side. And uh, well, how did he do it? He was in a wheelchair. He said, the only fear we have to fear is fear itself. And this will go down in infamy as the greatest country in the world being able to win what I call the international game of thrones. So our throne beat their throne. Uh, our president beat their prime minister and beat their, their emperor or whatever they call them. But what's the difference now? Well, England, that almost went bankrupt, the, the, the British Empire was the second big cycle here after the Dutch lost their pre preeminent uh, shipping monopoly. And then it was Britain, Great Britain with their colonies. And they were they were at a 90% tax rate, and so would we'd be at a 100% tax rate if we're based on tax paying for everything. And then it wouldn't afford anything because it all begun on uh, building B-21s and Oric submarines, I guess, and uh, and 500 billion for our military everywhere on, around the world, uh, spying on our enemies. So we don't really have it set up as a free market enterprise anymore. So um, what I'm proposing here is that the forefathers didn't want two parties in. I said that before, and they, they were afraid it would become one party. Well, we have a gridlock, and we have a divided country, and we have mainly one king as the president, and then he's got his parliament, and so on and so forth. Well, in Great Britain, Somehow, some way, Margaret Thatcher got elected prime minister. She got into Parliament, the only female, and then became the prime minister on, under the principles of enterprise, capitalism. They had lost everything to what was called socialism. Socialism in Great Britain was, you know, you tax everybody at a certain high level to be able to support their colonies, as principally and not enough to, to create capitalism in their own country. So Margaret Thatcher came in and negotiated with Queen Elizabeth to let the colonies go. They all want to be independent, Ireland and Scotland. So guess what? They gave them their independence. They had to fund their own inefficiencies and wars and whatever they were spending money on. And the tax rate went down to 20%, and all of a sudden Great Britain was great again. And that's what America has to do here, is we went from 13 colonies to get away from England and King Edward, and all we did was build our own monarchy here. So now we're in the position of with 50, 50 colonies, 
And they're not responsible for anything except getting reelected. The governors, the mayors, and the county supervisors and township uh, supervisors who at the township level, got, all they have is surplus. And all these, these uh, institutions of government are on the cash basis, the cash budgeting basis, and they borrow, they issue revenue bonds, they do all kinds of things to, to create their, their share of GDP. But we never know whether they're making money or not. And you roll it all up into the federal, the gross domestic product, and we're not making any money. We're losing a trillion a year. So we got to hold. We got to got to privatize the agencies. Get rid of more than half of the 24 million government workers that are on the best best pensions, the best health care, the best social security, and make twice what the private sector does. And they don't reinvest it. They, they, they've got their money in the pension funds and the, the hedge funds are investing in China long and, and America short. Both BlackRock, uh, Bridgewater, and Vanguard are investing uh, retirement savings and mutual funds in, in uh, our competitors, the ones that are shipping to us. No, you, that can't be. It's not. Eh. Isn't well. Ask ask the people who are running these uh, hedge funds who they're where they get their money and what they're investing it in, because I think you'll find out I'm right. And Dalio, who said there's a new a new world coming, a new world order, and there'll be some winners and losers. It's uh, America losing and China winning. And in the last words in his book was, "Let evolution be with you." Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the next decade. There will be a, a hot war or cold war. Well, we already are in it and we're losing it. As a matter of fact, the way it looks, we lost it because now Japan just bought steel industry again. And it just never stops that when we have a leader that doesn't know how to play offense and and doesn't know how to set up the right kind of defense and can't make game changes when we're losing, we're, 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 in a, we're in a muddle here. And how to stop that has to be a third party. I don't see anything else that will suddenly start bringing consensus policies and procedures into our great American enterprise. You don't have to make it great again. No, that was that was Hitler's term. Make Germany get it great again. We don't don't need to save it. Uh, we, we need to keep it great because it's already great. Why does everybody want to come here? Well, they want to get away from the monarchs and the dictators and the warlords, and uh, at, at any cost to us, not to them. You know, they're paying to get in here, but that they don't have anything to spend when they get here. It's the hands are out. The welfare program gets stoked up, and the the uh, independent, what do they call them, non-governmental <coughs> institutions will take care of them. Well, the, when the ship sinks, and it's going down at this particular time, uh, it will affect everybody in this country and everybody around the world because we are the major consumer. And when you lose your consumer, you lose your business. So, so what do we do? Well, we get new leadership. 
my pick, if I were to pick it and they were to listen, would be Mitt Romney as a, as a, a candidate, not saying that he'll be. We don't need the president. We don't need the vice president. All we need are the swing votes in the Senate and the House, if you think about it. And that's not that many. We need a party that represents the, the deservatives, the workers, the, the people that make this happen for the Gateses and the Musks and the Trumps and the Bidens. They, they never invented anything. They either inherited it or they stole it from the entrepreneurs. And that's the, the, the lifeblood of our country, the small businesses. And the right to fail is the reason we all take the risk. We don't need electric cars to keep take the risk of driving away from us, for God's sake. We don't need autonomous anything. We don't need robots doing everything. We do not need to have them creating our, our poetry and our songs and then putting it into music and you have no feelings. No, I'm a poet. Uh, five of my books are poetry books. The rest of them are about government and healthcare, how we have lost our way. So uh, rather than go on, I'm going to defer the rest of this because some of these ideas are a little, uh, until you start believing that it's necessary to avoid or stop, I'm not, I'm probably wasting my breath, but hopefully not. I'm getting more listeners all the time. Uh, I welcome you. Uh, I, I want to have your ideas. You can send them to me. It's uh, jerry.l.rhodes um, at gmail.com. You can call me or write to me or whatever. I can use this exchange on my on my podcast, which I haven't turned on yet. So anyway, thanks for listening.